Hi, and welcome to the Define Your Exit podcast from Emergent. At Emergent, it's our mission to own and operate an active portfolio of exceptional brands that have long-term vision and turn them into category leaders. Now, every week we discuss valuable strategies with industry leaders and service providers that will maximize your business valuation and allow you to define what selling your business looks like. Whether you're looking to sell your business tomorrow or just curious to learn more about the Amazon aggregator space, this podcast is for you. Now, I'm your host, Barkas Patty, and I'm grateful to be part of the Amazon community for over six years, working in the software space and selling on Amazon since 2015. In that time frame, I've helped thousands of businesses launch products on Amazon and build great software for analytics, marketing, and customer engagement. And we'd love to connect with you and answer any questions you have about exiting your business and starting that next chapter of your life. Go to Emergent.com to contact us or email me directly at Barkus at Emergent.com. That's B-A-R-C-U-S at E-M-E-R-G-A-N-T dot com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can get notified about every new episode. Hey everybody, Barkus Patty here with Emergent. Um, so today I want to talk a little bit about predictions for 2022 in the Amazon community. Um, I think that um, there's been a lot of growth. Well, I don't have to think that there's been a lot of growth in the in since, I mean, just a few short years ago. Um, there's been a lot of talk about how to sell, how to launch, how to rank. Um, and there's not enough talk about you know, how to stabilize that, how to compound what you're already doing uh, and really kind of set yourself for, up for success. And I think that's where the community is headed. So I want to kind of touch on that. So there, I have three predictions for 2022 um, for our community. Uh, so number one is brands will brand selling on Amazon will continue to mature and refine their business models. Uh, and a lot of that is going to be due to um, there's just a lot of opportunity now, like you don't have to just sell on Amazon, uh, anybody that's doing, um, any type of, uh, success these days will tell you that there are tons of opportunities. Uh, there's all types of businesses selling only on social media or only through an email list or only through a click funnel or only through a Shopify store. Um, so Amazon is not the only way to have a really true successful business. And I think that our community will continue to mature. Um, and look at these things. I think that we're also going to look a little bit more into intentional planning. And what I mean by that is um, we talk a lot about in this community about how to launch a product and how to get reviews and how to get to a million dollars a year or whatever. A lot of this talk is about growth, but I think that I, and I see this, so this is not, um, you know, uh, this is not foresh foreshadowing. This is really, this is already happening, but I think at a bigger scale that I think that business people will start to run their businesses with intention, meaning where do I want this business to be in 10 years? Do I want to keep it? Do I want to sell it? Do I already want to be in a, do I want to exit this business in the next two months or, or just never? Do I want to leave this to my family, to my kids or something? So I think that there will be a lot of planning in that part. And when you have those plans in place, I think that it's a little bit easier to kind of break down goals and milestones throughout, you know, a decade or five years or a year and so on and so on. Um, I think, and it's all the boring stuff, right? It's like making sure that your product liability insurance is, is, is correct. And it's like, it's what you need, not just Amazon's requirements, but maybe you need more. 
based on so many variables. Um, you have SOPs in place, standard operating procedures. So this is just, if you don't know what that is, it's basically just a, um, really just a, a sheet. Um, it's a document that's a living document where it's like, let's say you have a, a VA that does product research for you. What do you want them to do throughout the day? What do you want to them to report to you? What do you, what do, what do you want them to accomplish week out? What happens in a situation like this? You know, are they talking to the people? Maybe you have somebody in, um, in purchasing and they're helping with getting product from overseas. You know, you have this living document about what everything that that kind of role encompasses. Um, and those are really helpful because when you write those down before you hire somebody, I think that it's really important because you get to kind of see, you can kind of explain the role better, but you have those expect expectations and you can relay those expectations too. Um, the last thing you want to do is hire somebody, uh, you know, like, again, a VA for product research. And you're just like, hey, find me products that that's not going to work out well. If you just like, hey, I just need you to find me winning products. It's not going to work out well. Um, looking at your brand at a high level, like we, we all get in the weeds of looking at our brand and like, this is beautiful or this is terrible. But looking at your brand from a high level, meaning what does it look like on the outside? What does it look like if your product was in Walmart, if you want to go there? What does it look like if your product is at Target or uh, or anywhere retail? What if it's on another marketplace? What does it look like there? What does it look like compared to like your top three competitors? You know, is your packaging, is your message, is your offer, is all that on par or better than your competition? Um so I think just really looking at it at a high level um, it, and it helps you kind of understand maybe some things that you aren't looking at. Maybe you think your images are great until you look at your top three competitors that are that are selling in Walmart and on Walmart.com. They're in Target stores. They're also on Amazon. When you look when you go pick up their package, you're like, well, maybe maybe they're, you know, maybe you realize that their packaging is just simply better, right? Um so really looking at a high level, trying to take a step back from the brand owner and really you, cause you fall in love with your stuff, right? The, the stuff that you create, you, you, you have uh you have a bias towards it. So kind of taking that step back um, again, looking at things like making sure that your PNL is on point and your taxes are on point, inventory and cash flow, really understanding those core metrics, these core values of your business and, and really understanding why you need these things. Like even if you never want to sell your business, you you need a proper PNL uh, and you so you can inventory so you can manage inventory and cash flow. If you ever need a loan from a bank, you need a proper PNL. It's not just to exit, right? It, 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 if you go in there with if you try to go into your bank or any bank, whatever, or, uh, and try to secure a loan for your business, and if you can't show them proper reporting, if you can't show them what you're forecasting to do, what's what's been the trailing twelve months of revenue, you know, what's been the trailing twelve months of of advertising spend or just spend in general, cost of goods. If you can't show that, you'll never get a loan. Um, the same thing if you want to raise outside capital. All right. Maybe you want to bring on an investor. If you can't show them the books, if they can't look at it, that's, you know, you're dead in the water. You'll never get that loan. <clears throat> it's also just easier come tax time. You go to your CPA, you have all this stuff there and it, you know, it, the less work that they have to do, the less that they're going to charge you. So all the finance stuff, it's all super boring, uh, but it makes sense. Right. 
Um, and again, like really just talking about inventory management and cash flow management. Uh, inventory management has been terrible for the past two years. Uh, it's only getting worse. Uh, and, and we don't see uh, a light at the end of the tunnel right now. You know, right now, I think that there's like over 100 ships just kind of waiting at LA port just to dock and offload. Uh, and there's so many problems in the supply chain that, that it's broken from so many different ways. There's not one solution to it. Um, so that's not going to die down uh, anytime soon. Uh, so inventory management using software and just really having to, to, to dive deep into it and have a true understanding of looking at the past 12, 12 months, you can predict a little bit of what you should be ordering. You know, um, everybody talking about prepare, preparing for Q4 or Black Friday right now, you should have done that in the, over the summer. You should have prepared for if you if you. You know, it's hard to go back, but that ideally that should have been that you should have been planning, putting it on paper in the summertime just because of all the supply chain issues we're dealing with right now. Um, brand owners, I think that we're also going to look for other um, other revenue channels. You know, again, it's not just Amazon anymore these days. Uh, I know people that are selling really well on Walmart.com in Walmart stores. Uh, I've got a dear friend of mine that that runs a business that there. I've seen their products in um, in the Walmart store. Like the first time I saw it, I, I, I texted him. I was like, "Man, I didn't know your products were in were in Walmart." I thought it was really cool, but they're, and they're, they do really well. That's a whole different animal of selling on Walmart. But you know, entertaining. Where where else does my brand fit? Your brand might not fit Etsy, or it might not fit eBay. Um, and these are all small revenue. These all when you start out, they're not going to turn out to be you know, six figure a month inventory, like revenue channels, but there's so many things that are changing so quickly. Like two years ago, nobody was talking about Walmart except for a few people. Now that's kind of the hot new thing to talk about because they are growing. They're, they're aggressively coming after Amazon brands that are selling on Amazon. Like, Hey, look, we have Walmart. We want to introduce you to this. Let's talk to you about it. Um, other countries as well, uh, um, looking in and finding out what, where your product fits. Um, those are all things. I really love social media. I think social media places like, uh, Facebook and Instagram, uh, TikTok, Snapchat, all these, uh, even Twitter, they're all really trying to dive into figuring out live shopping and native checkout. Uh, live shopping is not big in the U S but in other countries, specifically the Eastern, uh, part of the world, uh, live shopping is huge. And a lot of people buy from, and what I mean by live shopping is you have maybe a, a brand ambassador or the brand owner themselves, and you're really just talking about these products. Uh, maybe you have an entire suite of, and the best example is beauty products. If you have beauty products, you could sp probably spend, you know, eight hours easy talking about these products and putting them on, showing tutorials and have people buy them live. Uh, native checkout is real big right now. Um, Facebook has introduced that into Instagram as well um, native checkout meaning uh, if you're watching me demo a product and you want to buy it you can buy it and still stay inside the facebook app for example uh, apple and google play are further trying to integrate into these social media channels too you know a great example is etsy you can buy on on apple pay and apple pay is apple pay and google, google pay are great because you don't have to create accounts everybody hates to um Go find this product that they really find. I think it's really cool. And, and there is a bounce rate associated with going to a website to purchase something, but then you have to create an account just to make a purchase. Uh, Google and Apple Pay are breaking down that barrier. Uh, so, I, you know, 
there's tons of, of ways out there that we can all leverage these things. And also inside Amazon, I am, uh, I am pleasantly surprised for 2021 what Amazon has brought to the table for different ways for brands selling on Amazon to advertise. Um, it's not just a standard PPC campaign anymore. There's everything from social media, like Amazon posts, Amazon attribute, Amazon posts are social media posts that kind of live inside Amazon's ecosystem on listings and, and it's on your stores as well. But also things like Amazon attribution, which I think is very telling. Amazon attribution is where you can uh, create external links to drive traffic to your Amazon listings. And you can also, and what's great about that is you can kind of track the success. You can see um, the clicks and the purchases from those links. So that's really great because it's, it shows that Amazon is like, hey, we, we, we have to do something here because the brands that are selling on Amazon are already doing this and they want this, they need this type of product service from us. Um, I, they're continuing to expand the brand registry brand dashboard, brand benefits, which I think is, I mean, two years ago, it barely existed. It was barely nothing. Um, so there's a the wide array of tools in there for if your brand is registered on Amazon. I think these other revenue channels and other ways to bring attention to your brands, even selling on Amazon, are going to continue to help change um, our brands that we that we sell. Number two, that's kind of a big number one, but number two, um, products and services, they're going to focus more on providing value to um, uh, agencies and eight-figure businesses and up and also aggregators. Um, and if you think about this, um, if you look, think of somebody that has just started on Amazon, maybe they're, do, maybe they're, they got to a point where they're doing like $10,000 a month. Okay. Um, a brand that does $10 million a year on Amazon or more, uh, they have different needs and they're willing to spend more money than that person that's spending, that's making a hundred thousand or $120,000 a year. Um, they're willing to spend more money, uh, to have their needs met. The same thing for agencies. If you're a brand consultant, um, if you run an agency of, of let's say, for example, an advertising, Amazon advertising agency, where that's what you do is you build campaigns for people. Like you have different needs than, than the one brand that is, you know, maybe I'm running a spreadsheet and I'm doing all my PPC campaigns manually. I'm not using any software. They have different needs. They have more money. They have more capital. So they're willing to spend more. Uh, and, and then of course, aggregators, aggregators want a different type of data. You know, we're not looking, we're not using um, tools like jungle scout and helium 10 to look for a new product to source necessarily. You know, we're, we're looking for different things. Uh, and again, um, it's a, it's, it's a bigger, it's a bigger company. So they're, we're willing to spend more money to get the tools and the services that meet our needs. <clears throat> um, and it makes sense, right? And, and, and I understand the model of, I understand what's traditionally happened where with most agencies and consultants and softwares is geared towards brands that are, um, trying to make money selling on Amazon, right? I get it because there's always new people every year signing up to sell on Amazon. I get it. It's a very completely get it. Not knocking that at all, but just being in software for the past six years, I see, I, I've seen a, a, um, a huge need, a huge gap of servicing the people that are always coming in. And then as your business grows, your clientele is growing as well. Um, so their, their needs just change. It's, it's every industry, right? The needs change of your, uh, of your customers. And, and there is a focus there. 
Um, and, and but I think that there will be more focus continuing on to 2022 and 2023, especially with aggregators coming in and, and um, you know, in just a short amount of time <clears throat> and coming in and, and really leveraging capital and, and uh, building businesses and saying, hey, well, we, we need this data. Right. Um, so and, and I applaud that. I applaud um, the, the, the software that's our, that's that's working towards those goals. Uh, and then finally, aggregators in general, um, I think that right now, uh, Q4, there's always going to be people wanting to sell their business just because for tax advantage uh, reasons. Hey, let's just get just so it's a little bit easier because I don't want to sell January of 2022. Let's let's sell in December or November or whatever. Um, so there always be kind of like a little a little spike. I feel like there will always be a little bit of spike in the industry. And, um I think coming into 2022, uh, a lot of businesses have been acquired that are almost turnkey businesses, meaning uh, I spend $10 million on this business and within 30 days, all the assets are acquired under our aggregator name and, and we're pretty much running at full steam ahead. Um, that that's the you know i think those turnkey businesses where the owners have spent the past several years or maybe a past year or so really fine-tuning you know the the boring stuff the taxes the pnl cash flow inventory management um all these things and and really just those are all snatched up those are the easiest ones those are the ones that get the best multiples too um i think that that will kind of stagnate a little bit because I, th I, I think it's just going to dry up just a little bit, um, meaning that, that those turnkey businesses, most of them have been acquired, you know, over the past few years. What that means going forward, I think that um, I think multiples will, will kind of stagnate for a little bit. I don't think that we're going to continue, continue to see them spike. Um, I am always a little skeptical of seeing a business getting acquired at like eight to 10 X because it's extreme. I don't care how much money or how big of a team you have. It's really hard to scale a physical product or business eight to 10 X. And that's just to break even. Okay. So a um, little bit skeptical, you know, again, this is just my opinion. If you got an eight to 10 X man, congratulations, pat yourself on the back. Um, I, I think that those will kind of start to go, to go away just because again, those deals are gone. Um, and also, there's just more competition in this, in just the aggregator space in general. It seems like every day uh, there's a new one popping up, right? <clears throat> um, I think that along the lines with brand owners, I think aggregators will start to kind of pivot from that traditional turnkey business model. Like these are what we're looking for. Well, it's harder to find what we really want. So we're going to kind of uh, just kind of lean a little bit away from that that traditional business model so we're going to look for other things we're going to look for those other revenue multi, uh, channels right i think that those will i think anything off of amazon if it's done if it's properly executed um will start to mean more which mean if it means more to an aggregator that means your multiple go will go up um you know things like having having an external community having a community on social media having lists i'll talk about lists forever um if you've ever heard me talk about anything um it's about building lists off of amazon um 
building social media channels, really understanding your customer avatar, um, selling on other channels. Even if you're doing almost nothing on Walmart and your brand registered, that's better than not even on Walmart at all, in my opinion. Um, and, and here's why I like the, the social media, other revenue channels. Um, number one, ba basically it shows that your brand has legs to live in the real world. Uh, and what I mean by that is, is you can build a brand to sell on Amazon and it might absolutely tank if you do a Shopify store. It might tank if you try to sell it on walmart.com. Um, it, it might tank if you try to go retail. So if you're doing those things, even if you've got just a little bit, it's got legs, meaning this is a real brand, like there's real expansion. Um, the Amazon business model is so popular because it's so easy. Um, if you've got everything kind of set there, then a lot of times you really just need more capital. The more and more I talk to people that are looking to sell their business, I think that the number one reason people are wanting to sell is obviously to, to have a profitable exit. Um, it's about money, right? But number two is uh, I talk to so many people that I've built this thing. I, I'm a one man person, you know, except for, you know, maybe a couple of contractor virtual assistants or maybe a, a, maybe somebody in house. But it's really just that one brand owner, one real employee. I built this thing to two or $3 million. I'm pretty much doing everything on my own with some help with, again, some contracted out help and some software, but I don't know how to build a team and I don't know how to raise money to take this from 3 million to 13 million. So that, and that right there is um, that it just makes sense, right? Like there's a, there's a very different business model of building something to two to $3 million versus going to, to 13 million or even higher. Okay. You need a different, you need a different, you need a team, you need a real team um, and you need real capital behind that. So I, I think that the, the more types of places that you've invested your brand, I think that that'll be a slow adoption for most aggregators. I like seeing it. Um, you know, again, this is just my opinion, my take on the industry. Um, but it's just that, there's so many more, there's so many opportunities to, to build a brand on Amazon and off Amazon, not knocking it at all. But I think those real brands that will stand the test of time, you know, building a brand now and it, and it lasting for 20 or 30 years, it's going to mean uh, you have to expand off of Amazon. You've got to have your own website. You've got to have social media. You have to be able to communicate with that audience through, through social media, but also through email and through text. Um, and through packaging and different products. So there's a lot, um, there's, there's a lot out there. There's, uh, I, I see it. Um, I see it continuing to expand. I think that that outside sources, again, this is not knocking Amazon. I just see a, a exponential growth in these areas in a few short years. <clears throat> anyway, that, those are my predictions. Um, I would love uh, if you had any comments, any any opinions, uh, post them in the comments below and uh, we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to What the Exit Podcast with your host, Barkas Patty from Emergent. Every week I'm talking to industry leaders, brand owners, and service providers about what it's really taking to build that brand on Amazon these days in 2021 and going forward, and really how to maximize the value of the business of that great thing that you've built. 
If you have questions for us, you can always contact us. Go to emergent.com, E-M-E-R-G-A-N-T.com. There's a contact us button. That'll go directly to me. You can also shoot me a message on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or you can shoot me an email at barkus at emergent.com. Be sure to comment. Let me know what you think about the podcast. If you you love it, subscribe to it. Tell a friend about it. And uh, we'll see you next week.